In case you didn't uh, recognise that tune, maybe you've just arrived here in Australia with your swag all on your shoulder. That's the Seekers, fabulous Australian group that lost their lead singer Judith Durham before Christmas. And that's to introduce an interview that Rita, my co-host, has done with our um, with Sovereign Hill in Ballarat. Now, this is our long-form interview tonight, so a little longer than normal, and it deserves it because uh, Rita spent time talking to the CEO of the Sovereign Hill Museum at Ballarat. It celebrates the 1850s gold rush, and Rita went there not so much for the experience of this historical museum or the theme park, but to speak to these chief executives of both the uh, museum and also the caterers, Peter Rowland. And uh, Rita's interested, always, in uh, truth in food, and she wanted to know how would they provide food that was true to history but relevant for contemporary times and also for the cultural mix that Sovereign Hill enjoys. Here's Rita with Michelle Biddle, the CEO of Peter Rowland Caterers, who operate within Sovereign Hill, CEO of Sovereign Hill, Sarah Kwan. I'm here at Sovereign Hill, near Ballarat, really in Ballarat, and I'm here with Sarah Kwan, who's the CEO of the Sovereign Hill Museum Association, and Michelle Biddle, who's the CEO of the Peter Rowland Group. And we're going to talk about how you do food in a living museum. Uh, there are real challenges of having a living museum anyway, though one of the lovely things about Sovereign Hill is that it doesn't change. Sarah, isn't that the case? What, what year are we set in, stuck in? So uh, since 1970, November 1970, when Sovereign Hill opened, we've been really interpreting the Ballarat gold fields and the gold rush that came here through that time from 1851 through until uh, the 1870s as the primary era that we interpret. But also there are aspects of later company mining and the Industrial Revolution that do go into the early 1900s, but our, our real focus is the decade following the discovery of gold in, um, in the early 1850s. And there would have been, there would have been a lot of records of that time, which makes the historical research much easier. It's more than archaeology, there are written records. Written records and um, something that we're very grateful for is the phenomenal artworks that mm. documented Main Road Ballarat through that time. So people like S.T. Gill, whose sketchwork of the buildings of that time, particularly the outsides of a number of key buildings, have really been such a guide to us in our historical interpretation over the years. That's right. And the Ballarat Muse Art Gallery is extraordinary because it's Australian works only. And so it's a very, very special record of Australia, of Victoria and of Ballarat, particularly its works on paper. Michelle, Michelle Biddle, who's CEO of the Peter Rowland Group, where there are people, there must be food. How do you manage? What were the challenges in coming in to do the food at Sovereign Hill? 
Well, it wasn't so much challenge, Rita. It was actually quite a lot of fun. You know, chefs by nature are creative and they want to try and represent an experience that people enjoy and speak about for a long time. So part of the journey has been working very closely with the Sovereign Hill Museums Association and the expertise of the team to look at what was important to them, what was important to the visitor. And we referenced uh, a, a recipe book that was uh, written by Sovereign Hill, the Early Settlers Household Lord recipe book. And it had dish, dishes and recipes from 1850s and the early settlers era. So we contemplated what those recipes and dishes looked like. And might have tasted like, because early recipes tend to be written in a style that's very unlike modern recipes. Mm. So it was very important to look at the flavour, the presentation, and funnily enough, the affordability of food. You know, very important to represent the diversity of the audience that travel here and want to enjoy the experience. And as a result, a lot of work went into tasting and testing and then having the food verified by the Sovereign Hill historian. Oh, and how did that work? Well, they uh, validated that what we were doing was the right thing. So that's a good good sign. And there are, of course, a lot of recipe books from that time by various people. And the English books would have come here and there settlers would have taken their own notes too so there'd be quite a lot of material and we know they drank a huge amount yes they certainly did and uh, creative beverages and cocktails is absolutely part of the menu the traditional lagers on on tap uh, ciders but also a, a cheeky sly grog uh, experience and and during the winter wonderlights period you'll find that it's mulled wine that's one of the biggest favorites ah because it's warming correct <laughs> that's right <laughs> oh, yes i noticed there's a gin around is is that a gin brewed for here or distilled for here Indeed, Rita, it was one of the projects that Sovereign Hill worked on through the tumultuous last few years of, uh, of COVID lockdowns. And we're fortunate not just to have a fantastic partner in Peter Rowland Group, but also wonderful food and beverage suppliers around Ballarat and this district. And we collaborated with Kilderkin Distillery, who are a fantastic producer of Larrikin gin here in Ballarat. We worked with them to develop a gin that was quintessentially Sovereign Hill. So we collected the majority of the distinctive botanicals in it from our site itself and something like Banksia flower, which our gardener uh, happily brought to the fore, was something that we felt uh, was really of this place. And we developed with them Sly Grog and it, it lives on. You can, you can buy it at Sovereign Hill, but Peter Rowland has, uh, has really taken up the creative mantle to turn that into um, parts of our menu and our, our bar offering as well. Let's look at the menu, because the menu is designed for... This is at the New York Bakery, which is the primary eating place. Um, and so there are, there are dishes for all-day grazing, including things that w- I would expect, like a ploughman's platter. And there are things that are more contemporary, like falafel. And then there are all the dishes that are 
for for lunch or or dinner on days when dinner's available. And the other thing we were talking about earlier that made me raise my eyebrows very slightly, how do you choose fish for a site like this? Because in the 1850s, 1860s, most of the fish would have been freshwater and caught in rivers and lakes. But many of the rivers would have been polluted by mining. So it would have been fish caught in lakes and probably trout. Mm, trout, yeah, certainly flathead. Uh, however, it's really important to have fish that's a taste point that people don't consider to be too overpowering and not too mild. And so we've chosen a barramundi. It was important for affordability. You know, fish can be quite fluctuating in terms mm. of its price point and really important that we offer a value for money experience here at Sovereign Hill. And so barramundi has been the fish of choice. It's very important to have fish on a menu. It must, is. Must, these must, days. must. And <laughs> even at the time there would have been... I think there'd probably be menus from the time lurking about. And I know Anthony Trollope, the novelist, visited and had quite a lot to say about Victoria in its time and what he ate. Mm. Where's the barramundi from? Is it? I know it's farmed somewhere in... It is farmed, yes. In yep. the, we, we, we utilise local suppliers through Victoria. However, it's not distinct just to this region. It's not a farmed product in this region. But certainly the Peter Rowland Group and its diversity of supply chain, we source through our preferred suppliers and obtain the best quality that we can for that value for money price point. The, and it's probably unreasonable to expect that the food would be contemporary Goldfields food because too difficult to cook and, for all we know, too difficult to eat. Mm. And Rita, we really wanted to make sure there were some hero dishes on the menu that felt very much connected to the food that we would have experienced and, um, and had served through the goldfields. And so things like the um, stew with damper, absolute quintessential fare um, of that era and the inclusion of lots of vegetables that um, would have come from uh, various European countries by seed with, uh, with diggers that came across and, and grew here. Damper, you know, the interpretation of bread cooked over fire, again, such a quintessential aspect of that that period and also the um the shared hero platter of um kind of a roast of the day in in those days most likely something like mutton but we've used lamb for um for palate today so those hero dishes really connecting into those early menus of the goldfields and i think then balancing around that uh inclusion and diversity is really critical to us so making sure that vegetarians are catered for making sure that a culturally and linguistically diverse audience that comes to Sovereign Hill has something that they connect to on that menu. And certainly, you know, with a nod to the fish, barramundi is such a quintessentially Australian fish for many that um, many international visitors, this is one of their only experiences of regional Victoria and being able to hero an Australian product like that is also something that we balance in our decision making. So making sure that there's some elements that really, really quintessentially represent the period and then and then rounding that out to make sure that um, that our visitors catered for more broadly. Mm. 
And perhaps just to add to that, Sarah, you know, one of the, the things that we've focused on from a food production perspective is pickling. And it's really enhancing the flavours and, and representing as much of the, if you like, meat that was once boiled and then hung to dry and needed to last the distance but yet doing it in a contemporary context, uh, utilising smoky paprika to obtain that uh, wood-fired flavour through the damper and the breads. But then equally on the homestead uh, corned beef sandwich, not using a damper, which is very heavy, and the corned beef itself is also quite a heavy meat, but utilising rye bread, which is more contemporary and just balances then the flavour profile with the piccalilli to create a, a, a traditional taste. It's interesting too, when you talk about diversity, the thing I've learned is that the gold fields were about as diverse as you could get. Weren't they, Rita? Absolutely. And um, John Reed, the original proprietor of the New York bakery in the 1850s, was German himself and a very knowledgeable baker. So I'm quite confident um, that he would have brought with him many skills, um, trained in New York originally, but um, but then came to the Ballarat gold fields. And uh, I think that nod to a kind of a German style bread um, mm. is, is fitting of, of a nod to John Reed's um, involvement that, with that, the New York Bakery that's too. Right. Mm. That's mm. right. And I was thinking there's a children's menu and for children, a meal here becomes can become a kind of really easygoing history lesson because there's Gold Rush chicken and there's Campfire Cheeseburger Trooper, Trooper's Fish and Chips Tell me about troopers. Who are the mm. troopers? What did they do? And the redcoats, Shell Pasta. Who are the redcoats? What well, the troopers do? and the redcoats are such an important part of the story we tell at Sovereign Hill because law enforcement was a really significant theme of the Gold Rush era. And, you know, originally, as the governor of Victoria demanded that um, miners had a miner's right or paid a, a fee, the troopers uh, were those that, that went out and made sure law and order was upheld, but also that miners who were trying to find their fame and fortune were appropriately licensed and had paid their dues. And they were quite controversial characters on the goldfields. Many of the children that leave after an experience have had an engagement with our troopers on the main street. <laughs> and really feel that that is a, um, a critical part of, of understanding that sense of law enforcement and a decision as to whether they're kind of good or evil because they're, um, they were often seen to be quite heavy-handed. So giving a nod to the troopers and then the redcoats in that children's menu really connects to the interpretation that visitors see on the, the main street and through the diggings by our team. It occurs to me that the word troop has now got a different meaning. Mm. We say to people, oh, you're a real trooper. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. The origins of so many of those sayings are fascinating, aren't they? And the Redcoats in the same way, um, you know, brought in to, to bring a bit of a heavier hand by the government of the day and, again, seen as... Uh, a very honoured and um, decorated group of soldiers, but also quite controversial, uh, their involvement in the Eureka Rebellion and the like. So that kind of sense of Ballarat being home to a really significant part of the daily worker finding their voice through things like That's the Eureka right. Rebellion, a nod to the Redcoats and the Troopers That's in terms right. of their, their involvement in that. So. Sovereign Hill in a, it really represents a key point in Australian history. 
Doesn't it? I mean, there are so many aspects of our history over the 60,000 plus years that this country has been forming, and each has a different impact on our identity mm. today. And, uh, you know, we hope that we tell our part of that story in a way that uh, few can. And it, it's one strand in the story of Australia uh, as it comes to the fore today. And because we all eat and we all drink, and they drank, as it were, like troopers. <laughs> In those days, we were saying that uh, there was, there is somewhere we're trying to uh, verify it, that more champagne was drunk on the Ballarat goldfields than anywhere else at the time. But back to the food, and Peter Rold, as a company, has had extraordinary success in being able to work with others to create menus that are appropriate and flexible and work on a number of levels. We were talking about hero dishes and I'm pleased to say that Peter Rowland's hero chicken sandwiches are on the menu too. Absolutely, and uh, they would be one of our strongest sellers. It's uh, it's funny, the name Peter Rowland is known by so many, been around for 60 years, and it's an institution. And those chicken sandwiches, that there is a special way of, of making them. I think a lot of people feel that they have copied the recipe and, and the way they come together, but we know for a fact that that's not quite the case. No, and you have to make 100,000 of them That's before exactly you can right. get them. That's perfect. exactly right. But, but equally, chicken, chickens were more plentiful in the era than some of the other proteins. So it's actually, whilst they are the Peter Rawl and famous chicken sandwiches, the protein ingredient is something that is representative, certainly, of the, uh, the 1850s era. So we're delighted that we can include them in that contemporary context, yet still have a, a nod to to the, uh, the ingredient of the time. And you're also lucky enough to work with local ingredients like apples. Bacchus Marsh, which grows so many apples, mm. is just down the road. Yes, yes. And look, we source all of our um, fruit and vegetable locally through uh, Wilson's Fruit and Veg. They've been tremendously supportive, as have has another local company, Nature's Cargo, that uh, have been tremendously supportive of Sovereign Hill in terms of the, the produce and sourcing the right types of produce to make sure that you know, we are being genuine and authentic in terms of our um, production and delivery. Fantastic. I think all we can do now is to wish everyone a good appetite. Indeed, and to invite them to come and experience the, the hard work that Peter Rowland and the team at Sovereign Hill have been doing. We, we look forward to welcoming many of your listeners to, uh, to Ballarat and to Sovereign Hill. Great. Rita Ehrlich, we're speaking there with Michelle Biddle and Sarah Kwan about the catering at Sovereign Hill. Travel Writer Show on J Air 88 FM in Melbourne.